be open to collaborating with others because that's where these uh, true breakthroughs are going to come from. And, you know, if we can catalyze as many of these meetings of the minds as possible, I think we'll all survive. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have an exceptional and timely guest to share with you today. His name is Jarrett Kleinert, and he's a serial entrepreneur, TED speaker, and award-winning author who's been named as USA Today's Most Connected Millennial. A champion for humanity by the United Nations and a delegate to President Obama's 2013 Global Entrepreneurship Summit. He's the author of multiple books, including the number one best-selling entrepreneur book of 2015, 2 Billion Under 20, How Millennials Are Breaking Down Age Barriers and Changing the World. His work profiles seemingly superhuman young people who have founded companies collectively worth billions of dollars like WordPress, Duolingo, General Assembly, and others. Jared Kleinert is also a social media influencer with followings in the tens of millions feature film producers and leaders across diverse industries, ranging from virtual reality to lunar settlements. As a highly sought after keynote speaker and consultant, his clients range from organizations like Facebook, Samsung, IBM, Cornell, Berkeley, Adage, and others. His insights on entrepreneurship and networking have been featured in such major media publications as Forbes, Time, the Harvard Business Review, Fortune, Entrepreneur, Fox Business, and more. As a founder of the Meeting of the Minds, an invite-only mastermind group, Jared is committed to building the world's top millennial-led network of super connectors and subject matter experts. Jared, there is so much we can talk about today. I've been excited for this one for a while. Welcome to the show. It's great having you. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I, I wanted to just start because you you are, I and mean, this is your one of your claim to fame, you are known as the most connected millennial in the world. How did that come about? Not, not only how did you get the title bestowed upon you, but how did you become so connected? Yeah, the, the title is subjective and you know, we could talk about maybe how to, how to earn press <laughs> and uh, get yourself featured in outlets. But I uh, early in my career learned from some of the world's top experts on networking and relationship building. Uh, and one of those individuals was called the most connected men you don't know in Silicon Valley, according to Forbes. Uh, he runs a company called 15515FIVE, which uh, is a leader in employee engagement and culture management. They have a, a SaaS product uh, that helps teams stay better connected, uh, whether they're remote teams or even in-person teams uh, who just want to sort of upend the uh, annual reporting cycle. Um, and instead of doing like annual performance or do annual performance reviews, they're doing things in a more uh, weekly and, and sort of always in tune sort of way. Uh, so worked with him for two years. Uh, and then I started a marketing consulting firm after leaving 
15.5. And my first ever client was Keith Ferrazzi, uh, who's a New York Times bestselling author, wrote the book Never Eat Alone. And so many would say, you know, he wrote the networking classic, um, or at least the one that is you know, in modern day business lexicon. Um, you can also read like How to Win Friends and Influence People, but those are probably the two most popular books in the genre of, of how to learn networking skills and soft skills. Uh, so you know, I was very fortunate early on to seek out these individuals and have them take a, a chance in working with me, whether hiring me or um, having me consult for them. And so in addition to learning from the best, you could say, um, I also had made it my mission to find some of the world's smartest, most talented millennials uh, for the sake of sharing their stories into books that I ended up writing. Uh, and so, you know, between that work, uh, the marketing firm that grew after working with Keith, uh, I just became uh, someone who was well-connected. And, you know, I realized that that would be my differentiating skill set in a marketplace where everyone else is uh, getting technology skills or uh, learning you know, artificial intelligence. These are all things that uh, I can't do well. So I'm just going to go to the soft skills, which uh, when everyone else is running to the, to the left and I'm running right, it makes me a very unique individual. And it's interesting because you talk about the soft skills and everybody does seem to be gravitating or gravitating rather towards the tech. So I've done actually a couple episodes about millennials from, from different standpoints, but you having researched successful millennials extensively, let's, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that millennials are doing differently. And, and I want to talk about from a strengths and weaknesses perspective, how millennials tend to be different in the workplace. Yeah, and I'll I'll preface my statements by you know saying that I don't represent all millennials everywhere. You know, I, I've really focused my efforts on setting the top performers. Uh, just like in your intro, the the individuals who've started companies collectively worth billions of dollars, like the WordPresses and Duolingos of the world, the social media influencers with tens of millions of followers, uh, the you know, actors, the nonprofit founders, the scientists, uh, even corporate entrepreneurs. You know, people that are basically running large units of business, but within a, a major company, those are the people I've tended to focus my research on. So in terms of what they're doing right, uh, I noticed a, a at a very high level, uh, a three-step process that many of the individuals in my book series have followed to achieve exponential success in record time. Uh, the first is that they put themselves in a position to be exponentially successful, where they experimented. And so you can look at WordPress as an example that I like to share. Uh, Matt Mullenweg, when he was 19, started building an, an open sourced platform uh, to create a blog and, and to build your website. And everyone else at the time was building closed source software systems, sort of like if you were going to use an Apple product, you have to accept their terms of service. And unless you agree to that, you can't use their product. Uh, open source is a lot different. You can copy the code if you want. You can always access it. You can claim it as your own if you want. Uh, and so the experiment for Matt was, can I build an open source platform that would gain adoption? Worst case scenario, he's a very talented engineer at the time. He could always go back to working for a major company that produced closed source software products. Best case scenario, he experiments and creates something that now powers over one third of all websites on the internet. 
and is you know, ba- the, the foundation of a multi-billion dollar company called Automatic, which owns WordPress. So uh, everyone has their own version of, of experimentation and putting themselves in a position to be exponentially successful. The second is there uh, is many of the people that I studied are building their own followings, their own distribution networks. Uh, so that you can be building a social media following. You could have a podcast such as yourself and build an audience. You can create an email newsletter. For me, it's building my network, uh, constantly having access to the people that you want to serve. So that once you experiment with something, you get a novel concept or you find an innovative solution to a problem, you can directly share that with the people who need to hear it. Um, as opposed to relying on traditional media outlets or institutions, etc. Third is that after you've stumbled on something innovative uh, through experimentation, you've started building your own following or your own network to share these concepts with when you find solutions and succeed. Uh, Third is to out-collaborate the competition or just work with others. And so you see this a lot with social media influencers that do collaborations, uh, you can see this with businesses that do high-level partnerships. So American Express and Delta have a great partnership. As an example, we're collaborating right now so that I can share your work with my network and, and vice versa. And that spirit allows us to really you know, share innovative ideas with as many people as possible uh, and, and really allow us to build our own brands, uh, build our own companies, as well in the process as opposed to hoarding great ideas, you know, not looking for the best talent, not looking to collaborate with others. And that may be different than maybe a, a boomer or Gen X mindset where you were always competing for the best job or you were, you know, you weren't going to share your secret sauce. You know, now it's it's uh, imperative for you to do so. It's interesting, particularly the third point, man, and I don't remember the exact percentage I saw in this statistic, but I did see a study where they were asking millennials in general their attitudes about collaboration versus competition. And and the majority of them really felt like they were all in this together with everybody rather than feeling like they were in competition. So it is interesting that that you said that because that does seem in line with what the research indicates. What I'm wondering though is... And I know, I know again, Jared, that you're working with the top millennials, but these three processes, the, these seem relatively intuitive. Was there anything else that you saw that was a commonality amongst the most successful millennials? You mentioned secret sauce, which is a term that, that we use a lot. <laughs> but is, is there anything uh, uh, beside this three-step process, kind of a, a mindset or uh, above that, that really is enabled the most successful millennials to do something different. Yeah, again, I, I don't necessarily represent you know all millennials everywhere. Right. I think it's hard to draw commonalities. Um, we we with, with the books, there's two of them. Uh, two billion under twenty. We we studied teenagers at time of writing um, who had competed in the Olympics. Were um, individuals that started major nonprofits. You know, had millions of downloads on apps they created, etc. And then with 3 billion under 30, we profiled individuals in their 20s and early 30s. Um, both books cover the same format. There's five parts, start, risk, journey, learn, succeed. You know, so there's, there's hundreds of stories between the two books of, of people starting something from scratch, um, of taking risks, of you know, 
going through the ups and downs within their journey, learning and even like meta skills on how to learn most effectively. And then, you know, success stories that are, uh, things that we you know love to see in like Rocky movies or whatever, uh, which sort of have all five of those in one. So, you know, I, I think there's, uh, you know, if you're looking for another commonality and, and something we can all take away from the conversation, I think there's just more opportunity than ever before as well. You know, so you can become a, an influencer of sorts or a leader in your field and your field can be something that's a niche that is undiscovered or no one's created yet. Uh, the whole playbook on how to be successful is out the, out the door. Uh, and so a lot of our book contributors either created new technologies altogether. Uh, we have someone that was uh, experimenting with smart firearm technology where a gun wouldn't work unless you scanned your thumbprint uh, and allowed that to, you know, to access the uh, weapon. You know, so you, you could think about how many lives something like that could save and it's, it could be controversial, but um, that's a completely new territory for many or, uh, you know, some of these new technologies, if you become an influencer on a new social media platform, uh, you know, the world around us is constantly changing uh, and at increasingly faster speeds. So, you know, I would say that there's just opportunities to be successful in like ever before and uh, you know, opportunities to problem solve more so now than ever before. So while our problems are growing exponentially, you know, we do have the, the ability to solve problems unlike ever before. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. And, and I do want to spend some time talking about problem solving in a bit, but I, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about your your TED talk, which is so so well received. Why millennials hold more power than ever before? Because we've talked about you know the three step process, and we've talked about some of what you found in your research. But talk to us a little bit about your TED TED talk. Yeah. Um, oh, that, that was basically it. You know the the main <laughs> gist, the main gist of it was sharing um, what's what I now. Do with my main company, which is this meeting of the minds theory of problem solving. Um, you know, the the main topic is that you know we have uh, more problems than ever before. You know, the and, and our problems are growing exponentially in terms of their severity. So we have right now uh, a pandemic that is seriously crippling our economy, uh, and there's possibility for more pandemics in the future. You know, this one that we're dealing with right now stemmed from a wet market in China, which previous uh, pandemics have stemmed from similar wet markets. So unless those were legally shut down and kept shut down permanently, you know, what's not to say that we wouldn't experience similar pandemics in the future? And so to solve that problem, as an example, you're going to need, you know, government, you're going to need nonprofits, you're going to need uh, all, you know, 
companies, all sorts of stakeholders to actually come together, sit at the table, solve the problem and scale solutions. And you know, we have climate change to deal with, political unrest, the spread of misinformation. Uh, you know, there's there's endless amounts of issues we could talk about, but you know, we all have access to technology now and, and social media, and you know, we have the ability to innovate unlike ever before. So our abilities at an individual level are this the same as what a government or a corporation or only the wealthiest of individuals had maybe 75 years ago or 100 years ago. And so you know, what I talked about in that TED Talk was all about you know, harnessing that power. Uh, and we can look at some of the top performing millennials as examples, mainly because they've only had you know, 5 or 10 years of, of career time or you know, t- 15 to 25 years on Earth to achieve what they've accomplished. Uh, so we can use them as outliers worth studying to see how we can achieve exponential success in record time. And then, you know, once we level up ourselves and our capacities, let's get all of our heads you know, together to work on an issue. And that is probably the only way we solve some of these challenges uh, and prevent artificial intelligence from just killing us all Terminator style or prevent more global pandemics from spreading uh, or prevent climate change from, you know, Ending civilization. I, I, I truly think that this meeting of the minds theory of problem solving and scaling solutions is, is the only way we avert existential threats. Uh, and so it starts at an individual level, you know, understanding that you have more opportunity than ever before, understanding that we have resources unlike ever before uh, with the rise of global communications and technology and uh, the fact that you can find success in all sorts of niches unlike ever before. Um, it, it comes with building your own network or your own following to share those ideas. It comes with you know, working with others, and that's the message: is you know we're not completely doomed. You know, I think we uh, we have what it takes. We we just need to uh, operate more effectively as as tribes of people. You heard it here first from Jared Kleinert. We are not completely doomed. Yeah. <laughs> Great quote. Yeah. That's yeah, going to be on the uh, Instagram. Gonna, yes, that's that's, that's, that's going to be for sure the audiogram for this episode. Uh, but, but in all seriousness, and, and I'm going to say full disclosure, I, I've been to one of Jared's Meeting of the Mind events, and it, and it was phenomenal. Um, talk to us about you know, when did you get that idea? When did it really click for you that you need to create this mastermind and, and how it would be so different from other masterminds that are out there? Yeah, great. thanks for asking. You know, with our with our first book, we had a designer that actually uh, gave us a few logo samples, uh, and one of the file names was called "Meeting of the Minds." So the you know, the term didn't come you know to me uh, in a warm shower, <laughs> you know, <laughs> unlike some of my other business ideas. But where the application came in is that you know, we we realized with the first book and then the second book that the content uh, would serve the purpose of getting as many people as possible to act on their passions and to hopefully level up. Uh, But then at some point, you need to start bringing them together uh, to create that meeting of the minds. So the the terminology was there for years, um, even from my first book, which uh, came out in 2015. So I was probably working on it as early as 2014, maybe late 2013 even. Uh, So the terminology was there. Um, you know the the book, while not selling millions and millions of copies, you know, was read by you know very 
smart people and entrepreneurs and uh, C-suite execs at major companies. Um, even uh, even today, I occasionally get messages from like the United Arab Emirates. So like my book ended up there, like you know Thailand or you know really uh, far-reaching places, which is awesome. And with meeting of the minds, you know, at some point um, after building my my consulting firm and then getting to, to speak about the book and, and you know, start publicizing that a little more, uh, I was able to build that network as we talked about originally, uh, and figured one of the best ways I could put that network to use was to actually bring together some of these uh, subject matter experts and entrepreneurs that I was working with in a consulting pass- capacity or that I was speaking alongside at events. Uh, or featuring in my books, and so we we started meeting in the minds to do that. Um, host you know anywhere from twenty to forty diverse entrepreneurs or business owners or CEOs uh, for these quarterly summits that we now host. Uh, you know, three days to bring people together, build trust and intimacy uh, among the people joining us, uh, and doing that with our first day, maybe even going to the second day, and continuing to build that trust and intimacy so that we can then leverage the collective intelligence in the room to solve problems for our business owners uh, and help them grow their business, generate more predictable revenue, increase profitability, maybe you know, raise money, launch a new product, whatever their you know, challenges are that we can help them overcome or whatever opportunities they're excited about that we can help them capitalize on. That's what we're accomplishing you know, now. Uh, and we've, we've hosted 12 Meeting in the Minds now at time of recording. Uh, we unfortunately had to cancel one due to the the COVID nineteen virus, but you know, we're looking at May twenty twenty as our our next one, and then August and uh, October, November. So yeah, we have a regular frequency by which we're bringing these people together, and over time, you know, those those relationships are being built. Uh, it's a an environment where we can all sort of sign a friend DA and and share you know, our our needs and our challenges and uh, what's what's keeping us up at night. Uh, and you're bringing together people that are all diverse in their perspectives and their skills in their their own networks. Uh, and I think that's far more valuable than what I could offer people individually. And so my role is, is curating the group, but then it's, you know, and afterwards it's facilitating, but you know, really I'm just an air traffic controller <laughs> and everyone's uh, just connecting with each other, helping one another. You know, and, and it's a lot of fun. Um, it's also sort of this microcosm that I get to experiment with myself so that maybe one day we stumble on this grander meeting of the minds theory that I can open source with a book or with another TED talk and then governments could use it to solve problems more effectively or groups like the United Nations could use it. I think that's, that's sort of the big picture um, of what I'm working on, but you know, that'll take a few years of research. It'll take collaborating with other subject matter experts. Uh, to get their thoughts on how to bolster this theory, and uh, you know maybe uh, a few other case studies of n- not just seeing this work from a, a small business standpoint, but seeing it work in the nonprofit world, seeing it work in the university system. Um, all those things are, are pretty interesting to me right now. Well, it's exciting. You know, the the opportunity to scale it in these different settings is enticing, to be sure. Uh, one of the things that I was struck by when I went to one of your events that was so interesting, and I walked in. And you know you do the traditional, hey, you know I, I'm me, and what do you do? And then everyone was like, oh, because <laughs> you because you weren't allowed to ask people what you do. Uh, it was one of the initial rules. So talk to us a, a little about that because I I think again it's just so interesting 
the perspective that you had about networking and, and the way that you implement that at, at your events? Well, to build relationships that you can fall back on in times of need and or that you feel comfortable sharing challenges with. Um, one of our attendees who's a, a coach um, put it in, a, in a, an interesting term. She mentioned the phrase... Uh, oh, now I'm blanking on the phrase. But she was uh, basically saying, uh, if you're to be a thought leader, but then go into another environment where you have to be vulnerable, you run the risk of, of hurting your own platform um, or, or you know, putting a, a chink in your, in your armor, in your image. And so we, we want to avoid that um, because unless we're all honest with the problems that we're facing, uh, the things that we're most excited about, um, if we're not open to other people's constructive criticisms uh, or ideas, then we're not going to get as much out of individual relationships as we could. And then especially not in a group setting where you have very smart people who are all leaders in their own capacity and, and entrepreneurs. So in order to build trust and intimacy very quickly, when we're hosting something like Meeting in the Minds, right? I do this even at dinners that I host uh, in Atlanta where I'm based and then when I'm traveling. Uh, but I you know, ban questions like, what do you do? Uh, and even to the extent you know, I make the first hour of a dinner or the first evening for Meeting in the Minds all about conversations on a personal front. So you can't talk about work. Uh, instead, you have to talk about hobbies and you have to talk about uh, your your romantic relationship at home or you have to talk about anything other than work. And so you know, it accomplishes a few things. One, it is it certainly is unique and stands out from other experiences, as you were saying. Uh, two, it quickly bonds people, um, partly because it's a little weird and partly because they're learning something about each other that they're, they're really passionate about. Um, and then when you start talking about work eventually, you have a, a, a trust and intimacy that allows you to get to the heart of what matters and allows you to really focus on uh, solving problems and, and working through issues instead of having to worry if what you're sharing with someone else uh, will be leaked out to the public or if you're going to be viewed negatively for what you're saying, things like that. Jared, that makes so much sense. I have absolutely enjoyed our discussion and I'm very hopeful because you said everything was going to be okay. So I know that I'm going to sleep better tonight, <laughs> as will everyone else listening to this. Uh, but in all seriousness, this was a great conversation. As you know, I wrap up every episode by asking my guest a single question, and that is, what is your biggest helping, the single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? Yeah, we all have the power now that only governments, corporations, and the, and the uber-wealthy had just a few generations ago. So. If you're listening to this and you're wondering how to navigate through trying times and, and sort of a difficult period that we're all faced with right now, then you know, think about how you yourself can level up, upskill, whatever you know, the, the phrases that you want to use. You know, find your, your passions and explore those. After you do that, then think about where you can experiment uh, and innovate, uh, whether it's launching a, a new business, whether it's uh, doing a, a different business model with your current business, uh, now is the perfect time to experiment because you know, you know, if the playbook was out the window before, you know, now we have institutions that are really hurting and you know, we're looking for creative solutions 
to all sorts of problems right now. So now's a great time to experiment, build your own network, build your own following so that if and when you stumble on something important and meaningful, you have people to, to share those ideas with and you know, be open to collaborating with others because that's where these uh, true breakthroughs are going to come from. And you know, if we can catalyze as many of these meetings of the minds as possible, I think we'll all survive. <laughs> I love that. Jared, where can people connect with you? Yeah, so shoot me an email, uh, jaredkleinert at gmail.com. Uh, you can also go to motm.co if you want to learn more about Meeting of the Minds. And you know, I'm more than happy to respond to anyone who reaches out. So don't hesitate to shoot me an email. Outstanding. And everything Jared Kleinert will be in the show notes for this episode at thedailyhelping.com, as well as in the Daily Helping app available on iTunes and Google Play. Jared, thanks so much for coming on the show today. It was an honor having you. Yeah, thanks so much. Absolutely. And thanks as well to each and every one of you who chose to listen to this episode. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. It's what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go do something nice for somebody else today, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping, because the happiest people are those that help others. 